You are making me hate you. I am, I am not gambling. I am not gambling. I am winning. You're listening to the Bets and Quotes podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And that's the only problem I have with that podcast. It's hard to do when you everybody on the show is funny. Right. Uh, certainly not. Yeah, and and none if of, the it, field wins, we push. Okay, yeah, yeah of course. H- fine, hundred bucks. I'll sure. take Tatum. If Audra yeah. wins, I win a hundred. If Tatum yeah. wins, you win a hundred. If the other yeah. three gals win, it's a push. Now we're going to see if, power if, if power, Now we just see if he listens. This to is this. this is the fourth the fourth episode <laughs> since we brought the after party back. If Power Trip bets has already off the wagon, yeah, we're fucked. Then we're fucked. <laughs> Welcome to the Bets and Quotes podcast. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with. Luck be a lady tonight. All right. Well, I am feeling lucky tonight because not only am I joined by our regular co-host, Smitty, but also Mr. Z is joining us tonight. How are you, Mr. Z? Hey, guys. What's up? I'm uh, I'm doing good. I uh, uh, got through my day and I'm, and I'm home. And most importantly, guys, um, how does it feel to be fans of the team that is the number one overall in football facilities, staff and overall treatment of players? <laughs> well you know that was the dream when i was a kid i thought you know if the vikings could just treat their players better i'll be happy forget <laughs> the super bowl so uh, i you know it, it's it's way better than a lombardi trophy i mean come on let's uh let's sure. be honest here so um, i'm hoping they hang that banner in uh in the stadium uh and have a huge ceremony um on opening day it just it just shows that Minnesota nice is a real thing. That's all it does. <laughs> it proves so. it. All right. Yep. Well, we have a fun show planned for you tonight. We uh we're we're joined by Mr. Z, so that means of course we're going to talk about uh some movies because that's the uh, stereotype thing that you have to do when Mr. <laughs> Z is around. Um, we're gonna we'll start with a bets update. We'll do the quotes of the week. Uh, then the way we're going to do movies this week is um, my favorite genre, gambling movies. Uh, we're each going to talk about one gambling movie that we like and one that we don't like. So that'll kind of be the, uh, the focus of the movie segment. Cause we are coming up on Vegas after all. So I uh, felt like a good topic to have. And then we're going to fire some uh, quick fire questions at Mr. Z, just uh, some random things. We've kind of like to do a little bit of the uh, quick fire questions on the podcast lately. And, uh, Get to know a little bit more about Mr. Z uh, to wrap up the show today. Um, I do want to mention we are doing a Patreon happy hour two weeks from tonight. That will be the opening day of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Uh, we'll play some Patreon bets for you guys. Uh, we'll gather and uh, have some drinks and watch the game, see how everything plays out. So super excited about that. Um, you know, I... I can't think of uh, anything better than putting some greasy parlays on the opening round of the NCAA tournament. That will, uh, so yeah, check the uh, Patreon account for those of you that are, uh, that are patrons and uh, you'll have all the information there. All right. Well, let's get rolling with the bets update. Parker Bodge, Parker Bodge. Parker Bodge, Parker Bodge. All right, not a lot to talk about in the bets update. They just have not been gambling a whole lot uh, lately. So um, I think part of the reason is that Corey and Chris have not been doing so well. Sauce wants to bet all the time, but uh, every time he mentions it, he kind of gets shot down. So uh, no new real bets to talk about. Uh, the only thing I have to bring up is the fact that the Daytona 500 has happened since our last podcast when Carl was on. And uh, Zach was neck and neck for the win when the caution came out and he ended up finishing second. So because he didn't win, uh, the, the whole bet was a push. So nobody won anything there. Uh, the only, uh, the only saving grace for Zach was that he did have a bet on the winner for at FanDuel. So he took home some nice cash that way. So, uh, well done, Zach. Way to play some side bets, even though you already had some grease on the race. Did either of you guys watch the Daytona 500? 
I had it on. I was kind of watching and really was only with the power to bet in mind. So I was going to Twitter and checking your update and seeing who had who. And so the ending actually was kind of exciting with Zach in it until the very end. But I, I, I had a hard time, especially with the way that it ended. It just dragged on and on and on. I'm not a big Daytona guy. I, I haven't watched my, about 10 years ago, my kid got into watching racing for a little bit. And uh, I, I would treat watching races the same as I do watching an NBA game. Let me know when there's three minutes left and then <laughs> right. I'll watch. Unless I don't know what's on and I didn't know it was even, I didn't know. I didn't know until after it was over that the Daytona was on. So, And that was the problem with this one too, is that it ended up being like three minutes left about four separate times. So they, they kept having to do the restart and the restart and the restart. And then finally it was actually over. And, uh, yeah, all the bets that Carl uh, told us to place when he was on last time, yeah, they all failed. So Carl's dead to us. Uh, he can take us three <laughs> five and uh, and cram it. So uh, no, Carl's a great dude. Uh, that's the, the like he said, the Daytona Five Hundred is a wide open race, so it's just fun to have some tickets on the race and see if any of them come through. It's kind of like pull tabs. All right, the only other bet I have to update is the next time the Timberwolves lose, they will officially hit the under on the season win total, and John Bonus will collect $310 from Corey Cove. Uh, they staved off they staved off the under once. Uh, they won on Tuesday night, uh, but they would have to do that 19 times in a row uh, for, uh, for Corey to not lose that bet. So that one's over. It's just a question of when. Uh, Johnny Bones is going to cash in $310. Not a bad total. Nice. And I think, Chuck, you're going to have some bets coming up. I know this was a little bit dry this week, but we've got the the uh, the the next PGA tournament, the Players' Championship coming up, and then, of course, the NCAA tournament. So I think we got good stuff coming, on, coming down the pike. Yeah, we've got the core versus four. And I, I did want to mention, if you're a patron and you want to do, um, cause I do with our, with our little group, I do the, uh, bets versus four every year, just like Corey does the core versus four. And if you're a patron, um, I am running a special right now. I'm giving you a fifth team. If you make your selections by Friday, by next Friday, like Friday the 10th. Um, so anybody that's a patron, if you want to get on, in on the bets versus four, which is now the bets uh, versus five, uh, you're welcome to join in on the bet. Uh, just uh, DM me or hit me up or email me. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll include you in the in the bet this year because it's a little more wide open. So I thought I'll give you an extra team. If you go past the the 10th, um, then it's just going to be the four teams. If you wait till Selection Sunday, I'm only giving the four teams. But um, I'll throw that out there to anybody that's a patron. Uh, hit me up and I'll take your bet. So, all right. Well, that will do it for the bets update. Let's do the quotes of the week. And now it's time for the quotes of the week. I'd let Brett Favre be on me. Sure. Ted Bundy's been to the Rose Bowl more recently than the, than the Gophers. Because it's hard to bang and play it at the same time. <laughs> bang and lung darts whale. <laughs> All right, so we've got some great quotes of the week candidates this week, but in third place, this is Chris Hockey in response to a comment that Corey Cove made. What do you think, Corey? Trying to think of a safe joke that relates to 15 seconds in a box. Mm. (laughs) But I just, I'm probably just going to skip the whole thing. You want to see the results of it? Look at sauce. Oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, yeah. we know that's not true. Jeff's a marathon man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he delivers. He's getting oh better God. over time. Oh, yeah. your dad get involved He's been doing this. This is early Jeff. He's been early doing Jeff. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. early Jeff. Yeah. Now he doesn't care. 73 this years old. This is <laughs> uh, 15 seconds. Um, I, I, I'm on the under. <laughs> I agree, but like he said, you know, lawyer Lambert back in the day, I'm sure he was a he was a a man about the town, if they if he would say so. <laughs> yeah, old, old, old Jeff, uh, old, old Jeff gets around, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in second place, our number two quote of the week. I believe that this is our first time for this person to be nominated for a quote of the week. This is. My favorite uh, voice to hear on the radio, it's Inya Cooter. Do you uh, have any desire to rake beaches? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you do, I would yeah. just keep going. 
I, I, I am against any kind of sex that is against someone's will. Rake. No, no, no. Rake. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Rake a beach. I have a bad phone connection and then my no, old, right. my old ear. Well, have are your not phone ready anymore. when the FCC calls. Go ahead. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. We, <laughs> I, I didn't even pick up on that at first. And then I was like, ah, yes. Rake. With a K, you've got to enunciate. Yes, and beaches, not uh, <laughs> not the other word. And I thought that one hit me. That one hit me just right at the right time. I love that one. Uh, that was brilliant. Yeah, you don't you, <laughs> you don't want to be hitting up the beaches. So that's for sure. And then finally, and if you've been following my Twitter account over the last couple of weeks, you probably could guess what the number one quote is going to be. It was actually from just a couple days ago when they were talking about Timothy Chalamet and comparing him to Patrick Swayze. Peak Swayze with the number two song in the country. Yeah. Yeah. This would be like if right now you flipped on KDWB and Timothy Chalamet was singing a ballad. Yeah. You'd go, Chalamet's number two? Yeah. Zach would love a Chalamet number two. Yeah. You're the winner. Thank you. Stop the count. Stop the count. It's over. There's two and a half days left of the Power Trip Morning Show. That will not be topped. So, She Passes Wind by Patrick Swayze's number two. Can we go home? That was brilliant. That was fantastic. And they basically made the call for me. They said, there's the quote of the week. Let's go home. And that one, once we get to the tournament this summer, that's definitely going to be a very high seat in the tournament. You got the uh, the good old fashioned parish gut laugh throughout the uh, the whole time there as well. Yeah. So as I've been taking over the Power Trips quotes account, I, I'm you know I'm thinking back to things that Dave used to say, and that uh, that Mark Parish gut laugh is seems to be hitting my sweet spot so far in my <laughs> in my journey as quotes. It definitely makes the quote stand out. That's for sure. It's time for the weekly segment of Your Thoughts. Copyright Dark Star. All right, we're going to kick off your thoughts this week uh, with our primary segment. Uh, Mr. Z, you know a thing or two about movies, and we were talking before we went on about genres. And uh, I said, why don't we talk about gambling movies? Now, Is would you consider, like, quote-unquote, gambling movies a genre? And um, how loosely or narrowly would you define that? Well, that <clears throat> I was I was trying to put together a list of gambling movies, and uh, it is tricky because it has to be to to be a genre. It has to be sort of the main emphasis of the movie. The, the, the example, like I, I've gotten a million arguments, um, and I know I'm right. This isn't even arguing. I'm just explaining to people that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie um, because you could take Christmas out of Die Hard, replace it with Halloween, and it would almost make no difference. And so if you can take something out of a movie and it still remains, you know, uh, then it's not, that's not the genre. And so if, if in a, I'll give you an example. I don't consider Ocean's Eleven a gambling movie because that's not really the, it's a heist film. Um, there are people that are gambling in it, but I, I think of, and, and the same with Casino, which is those are, you know, those people would often have, you know, when I looked at people's lists of top 10 gambling movies, they always have Casino and Ocean's Eleven on there. And I'm not sure that either of those are gambling films. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that's fair enough. Cause, uh, yeah, I, you know, I had, I had the same thought with Ocean's Eleven is I'm like, the, the main characters aren't really gambling. Like you said, there is gambling. It does take place in a casino, but they're not really gambling. But I guess for, uh, for our purposes tonight, we're going to do it a little bit looser. But yeah, I wanted to kind of get that, that definition from you. So, uh, so I appreciate that. What we're going to do is we're each going to give a movie, a gambling movie that we like. And a gambling movie that we either dislike or hate. So, uh, should be some interesting, uh, interesting debate there. Uh, we'll see, uh, if we all kind of, with three people, it's good because you can kind of get like a two to one against or a consensus even. So there, there's always a tiebreaker with three people, which is good. So, um, we're going to start with the movies that we like. Uh, Mr. Z, your guest. So why don't you go first? Give us a gambling, the gambling movie that you like. Are we just doing one? Gambling movie we like. Yeah, we're just doing one gambling movie we like, okay. and then one Perfect. that we dislike, and uh, we can well, throw in some honorable mentions at the end if you want to. 
Right. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna name drop my number one, but then I want to talk about a different one okay. because I have in the number one spot, which is because it's one of the greatest movies of all time, The Sting, uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Yeah. So I'll just throw that out there. But I want to talk about a movie called Big Hand for the Little Lady, 1966. Henry Fonda, uh, Jason Robards, Burgess Meredith, Joanne Woodward. That was a movie, when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time at home watching TV. We only had three channels plus channel, you know, PBS. And I watched a lot of movies that probably weren't for an eight-year-old. And Big Hand for the Little Lady came on, and it blew me away. I was, I was, I couldn't believe the cleverness. In hindsight, it may be not that great of a movie, but Big Hand for the Little Lady, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Henry Fonda, Joanne Woodward, rolling through, set in the, in the Old West, they're rolling through. He's got a gambling problem. They break a wagon wheel and he, they have $4,000 to buy this house where they're going and have to step in town. He finds out there's a big poker game going on. He sneaks out and drops their four grand into this poker game with, uh, and, uh, and while this is, and then he ends up having a heart attack. Um, his wife finds out and she inherits the hand from him. And they're playing this game. I, I don't need wow. to go any farther. I don't know if either of you know anything about this. If nothing else, you should go to YouTube and YouTube Big Hand for the Little Lady ending. It's, it's, it, it changed. There's certain movies that kind of changed the way I looked at things that affected me on a different level. Um, and that one was when I was a little kid, I, I understood wow, there's a different way of making movies, you know? Mm. And, uh, that the, the ending is brilliant. It's funny. Um, so it's not the best gambling movie of all time, but it's the one that for if, if there are people who want to watch a, a fun movie that like watching gambling movies, they might not have seen that one. I have not seen that movie. And I will tell you, that is one hell of a tease. And that just went to number one in my queue because I love Henry <laughs> Fonda. I, every every uh, Henry Fonda movie, you know, I, I think he's brilliant in. So, um, you know, yeah. I've got a built in bias there. And that is uh, that is a great setup. Inheriting a poker hand. I'm like, come on. That is uh, that's like uh, inheriting a slot machine from somebody. That's uh, that's brilliant. Well, and then, they, you know, the guys are arguing, is this allowed? Should she be able to play? And then, you know, she doesn't have any money, um, but she wants to call. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's so clever. And it's funny. It's a, it's kind of a comedy mm-hmm. uh, set in that old way. Or just Meredith is in it. When Jason Robards, uh, you know, yep. along with Henry Fonda. Brilliant. Well, I was going to say, as you were listing that cast, I was like, how have I not ever heard of this movie before? I agree that that's next on my list. Yeah, it's it, now remember they're coming from. I, I I remember this, like I said, certain movies that you see that kind of. Um, I, I often tell the story of when I was a kid, uh, um, when I was about 11 or 12 or 13, I don't know how old I was, but Kramer versus Kramer was in the theaters and me and my best friend in middle school went to see it because we heard that they, it was PG, but that there was some nudity in it. So we we're pretty excited. <laughs> and it went and I realized at the end of the movie when I'm sitting there trying not to cry because that's totally not cool in front of your best friend in middle school, you know, and just about bawling my eyes out as, as, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman has to give the kid over. And, uh, and so things like that stick with you, you know, for all of your life. And the big hand for the little lady stuck with me all my life. I'm 57 and I still remember that dang movie. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's a, uh, that's a great recommendation. And I'm, and I was, I was hoping that like through, through talking through these, I would find um, some other movies that I'd want to go see. And that's definitely one of them. The other, the other thing I want to mention, and you talked about it at the very beginning, um, when you were a kid, you said there were a total of four channels. So that means Rosie was on 25% of the channels <laughs> that you had, which is, is not unlike today where Rosie's on about 25% of the channels that you get that, today. That's funny. Um, nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, the there math still works. <laughs> All right, Smitty, uh, tough act to follow there. What is your favorite gambling? movie well i have a little bit of a twist on this and i I agree with mr z about the genre thing and i think in my mind oceans 11 is a great movie but i wouldn't consider it a gambling movie so i focus more on the gambling aspect and i actually have the two movies i have i've got one that i hated at first but then i loved it and then my hate is actually one that i really loved at first but we'll start (laughs) with the one that that i i currently love because it uh the first time i watched it there was uh, a poker hand that was played that was it was so preposterous it was ridiculous it ruined the rest of the movie for me uh the movie i'm talking about is called molly's game it came out pretty recently and 
early on in this movie, there's one of the first hands that's actually explained. It's the situation where there's a fish at the table and he's getting bluffed. And even though, and she even says that even though he had the nuts, he folded it anyway because he was playing with this good actor. And I just thought that's, that's no one's playing at this level poker that doesn't recognize that they have the nuts. I mean, you know, I get being bluffed and it just, it threw it off for me and I couldn't, I couldn't take the rest of the movie seriously. But then I rewatched it and I ignored that and loved the rest of the movie. I thought it was just a really cool story with a, a, a unique way of telling the story with her kind of flashing back at certain times. And I, I just really enjoyed Molly's game. Yeah. When did that come Molly's out? Molly's game. Uh, that is, I, bo- I have a story, 2017. Okay. Because yep. uh, that is Jessica Chastain, right? Correct. Yes. I, I think uh, I was at a, let me, let me do some fun name dropping to make my life seem cooler than it really is. <laughs> I was out in Vegas for the movie convention and I aligned, I was, uh, got invited to a private party. Um, it wasn't really that private. There was a couple hundred of us there. Uh, and Jessica Chastain was there. And I think it might have been for Molly's game. I don't remember, but she was just standing there and I walked up to her and I said, you know, I always like to say, can I take her picture? Cause it seems weird to just somebody stand who's walk up and take their picture. And she said, you can take my picture, but first you have to tell me a little about yourself. Sweetest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, Oh, well, I told her about my family and where I was from. And she actually was listening. It was just me and her. There was no one else around. And then we probably talked for five minutes and then she said, okay, John, let's, let's take a picture. And then I had someone take a picture. And it was such a, it was so nice to talk to somebody who, kind of had this little rule like uh, well I want to get to know you first before before we do this and and so it was really fun so what a, what a, so I have a special spot for her uh, in my heart because she was so sweet so Jessica Chastain told you I want to get to know you first before we do this all right there's your quote yeah, of the baby. podcast what <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hey, well She's done. a tiny person, so. <laughs> well, well done, Smitty, because uh, uh, that is now on my list as well, because I have not seen that one either. So, um, yes, that was a, a very good follow-up, and I now have two movies on my list. So, well, my favorite gambling movie, um, and I will tell you, most most of the movies that I love about gambling, you know, they kind of give you that rush. They, you know, you see the casino scenes, the cards, the chips are flying. You know, you just get that rush and you want to be in Vegas instantly. And I think this is my favorite gambling movie because it is the complete opposite of that completely. And it is Owning Mahoney from 2003. Mahoney. Thank you. Yeah. Uh... Where, where have you been? I called huh? four times already. Four times, huh? Yeah. So you want to hear the lines? Hold on. Hey, what the fuck? Uh, I can't do this now. You're not playing today? No, give me all the home teams in the national and all the away teams in the American. You kidding? Uh, every game for the thousand dollar max. You're the man. Okay. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is brilliant it's it's my favorite philip seymour hoffman uh, role ever uh he is brilliant as a man who is in the deep 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 grips of gambling addiction and is do he works at a bank and he is embezzling money um in larger and larger sums to sustain his habit um flying off to you know atlantic city vegas um and so it kind of follows him during the spiral as he's spiraling downward and there are so many times where you just want to reach through the screen and grab him and go what are you doing and you know he's he's throwing his life away his relationship away and like i said it's based on a true story um, i'm actually listening to the audiobook of the true story um now um and it's a, it's you know interesting to see some of the uh some of the parallels with it but i love the movie because it is so real it's very there wasn't a lot of Hollywood S to it. A lot of gambling movies you see where somebody has a gambling addiction, you have the obligatory, you know, where the mob guys rough somebody up or, you know, take them to the back room, you know, just because it makes for good Hollywood action to, you know, break a guy's leg or something. And, you know, th- this movie isn't that. It it really, um, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman really, you, you, you were sucked in 
to the desperation and the addiction that he is feeling throughout this movie. And I will tell you, and this is me talking at the, the first time I saw the movie at the end of the movie, like I didn't want to place a bet for like a month. I was like, it affected me that much. It was like, Oh my God, to see, to see somebody, you know, spiral through that. So um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen owning Mahoney, but it, it is absolutely my favorite with a bullet. Yeah, I haven't heard. Of it. That sounds like if uh, Chris Hockey watched Boogie Nights and decided he couldn't watch porn for a while. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Good I, parallel. Uh, I don't. I I feel like I don't think I've seen it, but I am. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, I know it sounds outrageous to say it. I don't think I've seen it, but sometimes you sometimes like I'm familiar with it. I know it. Mm-hmm. I watched. The tra- In fact, when I was making this list, I watched the trailer for it, and I'm like, dang it. But yes. Um, I, I can see what that's on the list. You know where I thought you were going to, and not not to not to minimize that because that's great. When you said you're going different direction, I was because the cooler was on my possible list. <laughs> and when you were talking about you know the opposite of a fun yep. gambling, you know the cooler, you know where uh, William H Macy being sent to the table because he's so unlucky that he's unluck spreads to the everyone else at the table. I love that movie. I love that movie so much. Help. I mean, it's it's, on my, it's, it's number three on my list. it's clearly not realistic but you know it's one of those where they establish you know that that premise immediately so it's not like something where you're like you know the movie kind of takes a turn later on it's like you know the premise immediately and he he is absolutely fantastic in that movie and yeah i uh, and it's funny too because Alec Baldwin in that movie, I started out liking him just because of the way yeah. he ran things, and he was more old school. And I was like, you know, yeah, he's he's really appealing. And then things kind of turn a little bit, and you end up hating Alec. Yeah, Baldwin, things get but... rough for Philip. <laughs> you know, and there's there's that's that's kind of the funny thing between Ona Mahoney and the Cooler is that they're really cast driven because I mean yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman and William H Macy, two greats uh, for that type of role. You know. Yep. Yep, and so that, sure. so yeah, so I have I, what I was, I, I made my top five and I had cooler at number three. So, but right. I did look at only money. So it's that uh, cooler's definitely, you know, top five ish for me as well. I, I, I love that movie. It's a lot of fun. All right. Other end of the spectrum, but this could be a lot of fun as well. Uh, Mr. Z, give us a gambling movie that you hate. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things when you talk about anytime anyone is asking me about movies that I don't like, I figure the the really fair thing it it's not really fair to find an obscure movie like um, Pool Hall Junkies that no one ever really saw because it was not every it was universally hated. That's not quite as fun as finding a movie that some people seem to like that I did not. Um, I was t- tooling around with Color of Money. Um, I ended up at Vegas Vacation. um now i i loved the original vacation it was great i think christmas vacation is the best of all the vacation movies and i think european vacation is probably third and i think vegas vacation is the last place of the vacation films because they're to me the humor didn't hit i love dumb humor and then there's dumb humor that's clever and then there's dumb humor that's not like you know like a like the uh, uh like a dumb and dumber is a dumb movie, but it's well written, well constructed, w- well put together, so that the dumb humor actually is—you could tell it's not done by dumb people. And Vegas Vacation, they just threw a bunch of jokes out there. I thought so. That's the only, that, that's the one that I thought um, I was gonna say Rounders, but I realized that was way too controversial if I said Rounders, and so I'll back <laughs> off that one and put Vegas Vacation in there. <laughs> uh, Smitty, you're gonna have to be the tiebreaker on this one because I will I will say I. I get what you're saying and I will completely agree that it's, it's a dumb movie. A lot of the jokes are lame. They fall flat. Uh, they're riding the coattails of previous vacation movies. I agree with all that. I will also say it's probably the Vegas movie uh, and I call it more of a Vegas movie than gambling movie, but uh, it's, it's, it's the movie I have seen the most period. I watch that movie all the time when it's leading up to a Vegas trip. And I think the reason it hits for me is it was filmed at the exact same year that I made my first trip to Vegas. So it just gives me that feeling of like the very first time I went to Vegas and it's, and it's very touristy, you know, they do all the touristy stuff and it's very, you know, just like, Oh my God, I'm new to Vegas. I don't know what I'm doing kind of feeling. And it just, I don't know. It rekindles that nostalgia, but you are a hundred percent right. And it is a terrible movie from movie standards, but for me, <laughs> it, it, it just, it, it, it just I, hit. It, and I pick it because of that reason. I would not argue. 
I wouldn't begrudge you. For example, Big Hand for the Lady is probably not widely considered a great movie. Um, it might have been mocked and ridiculed for I know, but for me, um, and so I, I always leave that open for people to, um, to love something because it hit them in a special spot. And that's great. Um, you, you can argue whether it's good or bad, but you can't argue whether somebody liked it or not. So, right. Uh, I'm with you on that. All right, Smitty, you're the tiebreaker. Vegas vacation, thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm, I'm sorry, Chuck. I, if you're, if you're going to make me break this tie, then I'm with Mr. Z, but I'll put the <laughs> distinction. When I, I've only been to Vegas fairly recently within the last five years was the first time I went. And that is long after I saw Vegas vacation. So maybe if I did rewatch it, I would like it a lot more now that I've been to some of those places. But yeah, it, in fact, I would, I would rank the National Lampoon vacation movies in the exact order that Mr. Z just listed. Yeah, I would, I, I probably would too, except for, you know, the fact that it just, it just hits me right. And so I watch it a lot more, but yeah, in terms of quality of the movie, I think I would, I would rank them the same way as well. All right, Smitty, uh, why don't you give us your movie that you hate? So this is my love hate switch. This was a movie that when I first saw it in the theater, I loved it. I thought it was the best thing ever. I laughed. I really enjoyed it. The poker seemed interesting to me, but then when I rewatched it, uh, fairly recently within the last couple of years with my kids, I was watching it thinking, how did I like this? How did I think this was any decent movie? And maybe I'm uh, swayed by the anti-Semitic lead actor, but of course I'm talking about Maverick with this one, where you know the it's predictable at the end and it's not that funny along the way, but man, I loved that movie when I saw it in the theater. Now, what year did that come out? How old were you when you saw it? Uh- so I think it must have been probably 94, 95. I'm going to say it was 94 because I just looked it up. When I was doing my homework, I looked it up. Okay. Yeah, that was, I was, I was uh junior, senior year. So, you know, I guess maybe it was the excitement of, you know, going to a movie by myself or actually I, it was my future wife that was with me on the date. So maybe that was part of my, my enjoyment of the movie too. And you made her call you Maverick the entire day, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd like to, you know, I remember, uh, didn't you say, I'd like to see you do a concert? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's interesting, too. Like, you know, things like that that happened later, like things that have happened with Mel since then. Um, yeah, uh, it, it could definitely color your perception of a movie, especially when you rewatch it. So, yep. I would say I saw Maverick about the same time I saw it when it came out. I don't think I've seen it since. Um, I remember liking the film. No idea whether, you know, how I would feel about it now. But um, I try not to, uh, I, I, yeah, um, like I, well, like Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon, great movie. Um, and so I don't remember. Um, I mean, it's Jodie Foster, Mel Gibson, James Garner. It was, uh, I don't know, I, I, uh, directed by Richard Donner, I just see as I'm looking. So I feel like it was a good movie, but I believe you if you say it didn't hold up. At least for me, it didn't. The, hum- the humor didn't hold up. And like I said, it's, especially if, if we're focusing on the gambling. The, oh, sure, sure, sure. It was just predictable and very um, for the masses, unlike um, like a rounders or something like that was a lot more high level poker playing. Right. No, I, I totally get that. Yep. All right. And for the one that I hate, um, this might be a little bit controversial because I looked at Mr. Z's favorite website, a Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, after <laughs> After I watched it, because I, I never like to look before I see a movie, but after I watched it, and it was very highly rated, much to my shock, uh, it's a terrible, it's a terrible movie when you analyze the movie. I, I think the acting is good. Um, I think the, the premise is really good. I just think the execution absolutely fell flat. And that movie for me is Uncut Gems. Um, I, I, I did not enjoy this movie. At all. I even during the movie, um, let alone the absolutely ridiculous um, ending to, to the movie. Um, you know, I, I just the whole the whole way along, I was enjoying the ride. I will I will give this movie a ton of credit for the acting of Adam Sandler. Uh, to me, it's probably the best acting I've ever seen Sandler do for me personally. Um, it, it got to the point where I kind of forgot it was him. And, um, you know, I really bought into the role and the character that he was developing. Um, and, and that by far was my most enjoyable piece of this movie. What I really despised about this movie 
is how it could not decide much like we talked about earlier with the cooler where the cooler told you right up front that this isn't going to be a realistic premise. You know, we're, we're throwing this out here. This is kind of a fantasy um, here. You know, here's the rules of this movie that we're playing by. The problem with uncut gems is it kept changing the rules all the time um, because this was a movie that, well, we kind of want to be realistic, but then we're going to do things that aren't realistic. But then we're going to have the actual Kevin Garnett with real, uh, and you know, Celtics game footage and the real weekend in this movie. So, yes, we are really trying to be authentic and keep this realistic. But then we're going to do shit that's like completely not realistic at all in this movie. Uh, the, like I said, the ending, I, I didn't like this movie at all. And if the ending had been better, um, I, I would have like, you know, maybe given it like the one and a half stars. Where it killed me was the fact, um, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you can skip ahead a little bit in this, but Adam Sandler has just won $1.2 million on a crazy parlay that hits. And he has kept, you know, he's kept the gangsters kind of hold up for a couple of hours, taunting them and everything. Um, these guys have followed him for weeks, tracking every move, seeing everything that he does, all in the name of getting their money. That's all these guys want. That's, you know, most of the time, that's what these uh, hooligans, all they ever want is the money. So you're telling me <laughs> that after two hours, they're going to get so pissed at him that they're going to open that door and shoot and kill him. And and now, instead of collecting all of their money and probably more, because they probably would have, you know, roughed him up for a little bit more, knowing that he had one point two million dollars coming to him. Now they're on the run for murder um, in a city that is bombarded with cameras everywhere because this didn't take place in 1974. This took place in like 2010. Uh, so now they're on the run for a double homicide. Spoiler alert. Terrible movie. Uh, I, I just could not stand the fact that it kept bouncing back and forth between between trying to be very real and then completely doing things that were unrealistic. Yeah, I, you know, the funny thing about Uncut Gems is when it came out, um, it, to me, it was unremarkable um, because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, but everyone else seemed to love it. So I just kind of thought, eh, well, okay. Um, I just did hit for me, but everyone else loved it. And, and I agree, Adam Sandler. I mean, uh, um, uh, since you know he did Punch Drunk Love with P.T. Anderson, mm -hmm. and that was kind of when you kind of know he was really good. But uh, so yeah, the acting was fine. D to me, I don't remember. It was one of those movies that when I saw it, it was one of those that just went in my one brain and, and then left, and that was it. And so I, I sort of agree with you. It, to me, it was just neither. It was unmemorable for some reason. So, so I understand what you're saying. Now, but but I also know that a lot of people really loved that movie. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, good for them. And I think the movie tried so hard to be like, I don't know, like like edgy or you know really pushing the envelope because there were times during that movie where the pace of the movie was so intense it was like they were trying to just go 2000 miles an hour on purpose but then it would slow back down um you know it it was just it was all over the place and like I said the ending was so stupid there's no way the in the real world and again they were trying to be so real with having the actual Kevin Garnett the actual weekend you're trying to be so real there's no way in the real world that he gets shot at the end i mean it just doesn't right. happen and and the thing is is a lot of these gambling movies um uh, where you see characters like that that are on a downward spiral. I mean, ultimately the end for Adam Sandler in that movie was, you know, he was probably going to die or he was probably going to, you know, hit some kind of, you know, rock bottom that, you know, was way beyond where he was. Um, he was, it's kind of like uh, the gam the movie, the gambler with James Conn from 1972. I loved the ending of that movie because he didn't die, but you knew he was going to, you knew that that's where this story was ending up. Um, you could see the downward spiral. And I love the way that they ended that movie. Um, this one, uh, I'm sorry, these guys, all they care about is money. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was ridiculous. Smitty, uh, have you seen uh, Uncut Gems yet? Well, unfortunately, I haven't. I, I, I think I when you told us about this, I, I put that on the top of my list, but then it wasn't available on any of the my streaming services. So I haven't. So I'm curious. Now I've ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's fine. I, I don't mind being being spoiled by some stuff. You know, whenever you watch a movie twice, it's obviously completely spoiled. So that's not a big deal. But I'm wondering, you know, is this is this a case like Joker with Joaquin Phoenix where 
there was such a defining performance that 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 maybe has changed where people went into it and they gave Adam Sandler so much credit for his performance that they looked past a not so great movie. Uh, and that's very possible because like I said, that was, I mean, the two things I left with was I hate this movie because of just the stupidity of how the story was told. Uh, but I loved Adam Sandler so much. And, you know, that, that and that's really the thing I leave, leave with, you know, is, is that memorable. And maybe, and maybe that is the case is people are like, you know, I hate to say anything bad about this movie. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I hate to say something bad about this movie to denigrate his performance because his performance was, you know, fantastic. I, I, I really, I really do think he did an amazing job in that movie, but yeah. So maybe, maybe there is some of that in the way that it um, gets reviewed on Mr. Z's favorite website. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, why don't we throw out a few, if uh, you know, Mr. Z you said you'd kind of made a top five list, throw out a few honorable mentions. I'll throw out just one other one that I like. I mentioned it on last week's podcast because uh, I just saw it again for the first time, in like 25 years and uh, it is such a charming movie. It's not a good movie, uh, but it's such a charming movie. And um, it, it focuses uh, obviously on the horse track, and that's "Let It Ride." I know what it is. Let it ride from. Uh, I, I do it. I do it. I do it. I do it. <laughs> from 1986, uh, it, it, you could not have like again charming. That's the only word for this movie. It is just. It is such a fun ride. It's a fun journey. It's super predictable. I mean, 20 minutes into this movie, you know how this movie is going to end. But it is. It is such a fun journey. Um, and, and you know, you can't. You can't love Richard Dreyfuss any more than you do. Um, at the end during that final race uh it's just it, it's a fun ride so i'll throw that out as an honorable mention and the other one i mentioned when i was talking about uncut gems uh the gambler with james con from 1972 not, uh, not the kenny rogers made for tv movie no <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah and it's uh, it, 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 he james con is just fantastic in that movie i saw um what is it the nick cage vegas movie um leaving uh, las vegas not no, not leaving Las Vegas. Um, honeymoon in Vegas. Honeymoon, yeah, yeah where all the Elvises jump out of the airplane. Yes, uh, James Caan is you know the big high roller gambler in that movie, and I saw that movie before I saw The Gambler, and it's so funny to kind of see that parallel between his two characters. Uh, you know, when from when he was young and you know to uh, to the to the other one, so uh, kind of a fun parallel. But yeah, I'll throw that one out there too. If you've never seen that movie, uh, it's it's old, but it's uh, it it really holds up. I, I was really amazed by that. But uh, Mr. Z, why don't you give us the other ones that were on your top five? Um, well, I threw uh, because I was having a hard time finding it. I'll, I'll, I'll throw real quick. I threw The Hangover on here just because it's such. Yes great movie and the one scene the scene where zach galifianakis goes down and does the crowd counting as ridiculous as it is and with heather graham and bradley cooper and ed helms what it's just such a great scene that i wanted to give it some honorable mention for what i had the sting of course number one for me what i put number two is casino royale um not Mm -hmm. the original which was i think a ridiculous movie but the 2006 one with daniel craig it's still ridiculous, but the, the whole it w- to me when Daniel Craig came on, he kind of saved the whole Bond franchise, and that whole bit about him having to you know play cards against Mads Mikkelsen, and as ridiculous as it was, I really enjoyed it. So I'll, I'll throw that out there as my as my honorable mention. All right, beautiful, Smitty. Anything else you want to mention? Yeah, I um. So this thing has been brought up a couple of times and that's one that I only watched very recently, but that was just a fun movie that I really enjoyed. And then, and um, for my mathematical background, I also have to add the movie 21. It's not mm. a great movie, but I thought uh, that movie did a really good job of explaining how card counting works and how, you know, it's not like my students will ask me if I, you know, because I know how to count cards, if I ever go to the casino and I'm like, well, really you need a team and you know, a whole operation. And I thought uh, that movie did a really good job of explaining how that whole system works, which uh, made it enjoyable for me. Yeah. And the, and the book, that that's one of the few yeah. times where I actually read the book before seeing the movie and the book, the book's fantastic too, but yeah, I, I will agree with you. It's not, you know, not, you know, uh, an Emmy winning uh, movie by any means, but uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's great. And of course I'm on the math nerd side of things too. Yeah. I, I was looking at that too. I, I also read the book before I saw the movie. And so, and, and maybe it, 
maybe sometimes that doesn't help. Sometimes that's it helps to read the book before you see the movie. But I think 21's movie, somebody got their hands on it that wasn't, you know, and they they changed it enough to where it lost. Um, so it's it's almost not the same story, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Uh, it says that I almost would have rather seen the original story where the where the stuff that they actually talk about, how much money they lost and all these different things that happened. So, but yeah, I, I enjoyed 21. All right. Well, good, good list. Lots of fun um, out there. Uh, lot, lots of movies, hopefully, that we've queued up for you guys uh, out there that uh, maybe ones that you haven't heard of before or haven't seen before give you some motivation to go see them. So awesome. Quotes. Quotes notes. Quotes notes. Quotes. Quotes notes. Quotes notes. All right. Well, we're going to get to know Mr. Z just a little bit better, too. We've got the uh, rapid fire questions that we're going to do here in quotes notes. Uh, Smitty, uh, do you have how many questions do you have for Mr. Z? Do you have any for him or do you want me to just fire all mine off? I've got a couple of them here, but why don't you go ahead and go first? All right. I'll go first then. Uh, Mr. Z, and these are completely random. These will have nothing to do with movies or, or, you know, power, really not, probably not even much of a power trip either. Uh, Just a bunch of random questions to see, uh, see how you answer. Uh, What was your best sport as a kid? Ping pong. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, because I was good. Um, I, uh, uh, I used to, we had a ping pong table. I had four older brothers, so they all demolished me at everything I ever did. Um, and, uh, and I got grounded a lot when I was a kid. And our ping pong table, if you stood sideways at the ping pong table, there was a cabinet that you could bounce the ball off of, and it would bounce off the table and come back to you. And so I would hit it at the cabinet, bounce off the table, and I would do that for, you know, there's nothing else to do. And so I became this amazing defensive player that no matter where you hit the ball, I could return it until that I could get the other guy to make an unforced error. So I'm going to go with ping pong. All right. So you play ping pong solo. Solo. Yeah. That's how you get defensive. It's just like, my, oh, I did play more than once. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, if you could live anywhere outside of the state of Minnesota, where would that be? Do I have to take my family? Uh, well, well, no, you don't. Can we, can we envision a world? I would, I, and I know this sounds like I'm making it up. I would go to Vegas and not because I'm a gambler. I've been to Vegas. Like, I don't know, 40 times, 50 times. I have no idea how many times I've been there for my job. Um, I literally bring a hundred bucks to gamble with now (laughs) because it's just, I don't, it's just, I, I, it's this I used to love to gamble, but I like to gamble for fun. Like I'm very logical, critical thinking person. And my favorite game to play is roulette, which is exactly the opposite. There's no logic. There's no skill. There's no nothing. Um, but like, like my gambling, when I grew up, um, I would get here with my high school buddies. We'd literally play nickel and dime poker, you know, with nickels and dimes. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't really about the money. It was about playing and winning and, and, and and laughing and joking and to me that's kind of how and, and roulette tables are notorious for that it's a very you get this camaraderie with other people and it's all pure luck and you don't have to think very much about it whereas a poker table you're always dealing with people who are like you took the dealer's card and right. i'm like i'm like seven times smarter than they are trying to explain how that in my mind i'm like <laughs> i could tell you why that you can't take the dealer's card that it doesn't work that way but i'm not gonna get into it because you know, they'll fight you right they're so mad about it. it's like i don't want to deal with that but vegas has great restaurants it has great shows uh, I love I love going to concerts and I love going to uh, live uh, theater. Um, and so I would probably say Las Vegas. Nice. Yeah, I like that. And I'm not going to stack shame because um, I'm a big believer. Like one of the reasons whenever I post bet tickets on Twitter that I've made, I always cross out the dollar amount because 
you know, whether no matter what you can't win, like I've, I've, cause I used to post tickets with the dollar amounts in there and you know, you get, you get some people that would be like, that's all you're betting. And then you get other right, people right. that are like, you're betting that much. And I'm like, okay, I can't win. So I'm just going to cross it off because in my mind, you know, the guy that puts $5,000 on an NCAA game, and the guy that puts $5, they're both, it's like you said, you want to win. I mean, that's the thing I yeah. think people, I love about betting, especially sports betting, is I want to be right. And the dollar amount, you know, yeah, it's it, it's relevant, you know, but, um, you know, I, I, somebody that's got five bucks on the game and I've got more than that, it, it doesn't matter. You're on the same team and, yeah. you know, let's go. So, yeah. I, one, of, one of my favorite bets, uh, we were talking, we were just talking about racing when my son, my oldest son, who's on the spectrum, uh, was watching racing and he liked um uh, kyle bush and uh and so i called him and i said i'm gonna put 10 bucks on kyle bush at this next race that's coming up and kyle bush won and we won like 80 dollars. was like it won now yeah. 80 dollars. you know i mean that's that's nice but winning that bet i still i remember it to this day of what when he won we were like high five and it was so fun you know because you know uh, that we we won the bet you know right and uh and so yeah that's, i like to do that so <laughs> All right. Well, good answer. And that fits well with the show. Um, I got two more and then Smitty, you can ask uh, whatever you've got. Uh, what is your, and I'm going to be a snob here. <laughs> what is your favorite menu item at that second rate barbecue joint known as the big boar? Hey, by the <laughs> way, I, I, for the second consecutive year, won the big boar guillotine barbecue league yes. and won a ton of gift cards for the second year in a row. Very happy for myself. Um, I always get the uh, ribs, uh, whenever I go there. Um, I, and, you, you, uh, I can vouch for it too. Cause that's what you got when we went there. So yeah, I love the ribs, love, love, love the ribs. Um, and, uh, and then, and then and this, this might sound weird, but they have an appetizer that I've never seen before. And they're portobello mushrooms that are sliced, battered and deep fried. And they served with like a plum jelly habanero sauce that you dip these portobello mushrooms in. Unbelievable. Unbelievably good. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the, the one time I went with you, I had the, uh, I had their, um, um, brisket sandwich and it was super dry. And so ever since then, you know, especially being from Kansas city, um, I just, I treat big boar, like it's this, uh, second rate, like fast food of barbecue, but <laughs> you know, I, as much as you guys love it, uh, I think it's probably got to have a little more redeeming quality than that, but it's just, it's a nice little bit to, uh, to order the brisket next time you go, <laughs> get, the, get the, get the ribs and get the uh, deep fried portable mushroom. Yeah, because like like brisket and burnt ends are the two things like you cannot get any better than Kansas City. I mean, uh, sure. it's just it's that. I mean, that's what they do here. And um, so yeah, I I need to branch out a little bit, and I I will give Big Boar another chance for sure. All right, yep. last one for me. Uh, you put in a pool a few years ago because uh, I remember when when Dave and I visited uh, your your humble abode there. Yeah, um, you were you were in the process of building the pool. So I want the over under on seven and a half times that you have gone skinny dipping in your own pool. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned that because uh, uh, my, my sister in law asked me the same question. Funny enough. But um, the answer is, unfortunately, I didn't put in the pool until I was over 50, uh, until I was like 50 years old uh, with kids. And I had been married to my wife for 20 some years. And um, uh, it is way under. <laughs> I think Cash the only time it, the only time it might have happened is I think one time I was swimming and something happened to my swimsuit and I couldn't get it untied. And it was too loose, and so I had to slip it off and 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 get the knot out of the suit and put it back on. Uh, that so as uh, as sexy as that may sound, uh, that was the one time I think I had to do it. So, well, if you can uh, if you figure out where Mister Z lives, then uh, yeah, get, get your drone out there. Yeah, come and, on uh, over, yeah, <laughs> and see what you could film. So bring some big boar and uh, pop <laughs> on to the pool, baby. Oh, fantastic! All right, Smitty, uh, what do you, what do you got for Mister Z? All right. Well, I'll start with this one. Um, kind of related to your first question, Chuck. I'm going to say, what was your favorite subject in high school? Hmm. Mythology. Hmm. Um, I'm going off the top of my head. I, I, I enjoyed school. I was pretty good at school. It was, it came, well, it, good. Oh, good for you. It came relatively <laughs> easy to me, you know? And so, cause I was a smart kid, but I didn't have a great work ethic. So I just was able to kind of coast through most classes. Um, but I remember for some reason, 
that when you asked that, the first thing that popped into my head is I had a teacher and I had to read all this old Greek mythology and I was fascinated by it. I think it's because I loved movies and I loved the, the, the creativeness of all of these old, um, these great Greek myths and, and what the gods were doing and creating these weird cross creatures and they were messing around with humans and then they would have a half God, half human baby. The whole thing was fascinating. I loved it. Fine. It makes a lot of sense. I think perfect answer. <laughs> and then I had, I had one question. I'm just going to ask this one quick. It's not, it's not really personal, but I'm wondering, um, who you think is the next best actor of his generation. Like I, I've heard it said about Robert Downey Jr. and Edward Norton and stuff like that, but they're kind of getting a little long in the tooth. So who's, who's a 20 something person who you think will be the next best actor? Hmm. I'm trying, I'm racing through my brain. Um, you know, uh, I, I, if, if you asked me that and gave me 24 hours, I'd probably come up with a different answer, but because that's part of the fun of this game, I'm going to say Jenna Ortega, hmm. Ooh. who I adore. I'm way too old to talk about how pretty she is and how cute she is because she's like whatever, 19, 20. But her take on Wednesday, uh, Adams on the, on the Netflix series Wednesday, and then her bit in, um, was it Pearl? I think either Pearl or X from A24. And then her uh, in the new Scream movies, she's unbelievable. She's charming. She's able to pull off any role. I mean, she's, you can't take your eyes off her when she's on the screen and not just not, I'm not talking about her looks now. I'm just talking about how uh, she has what, you know, the, that it thing. Jenna Ortega is going to be a huge, huge star for the next 20 years. I like that. I like that a lot. And don't sell yourself short. Uh, you know, Rosie was already WCCO when you were born, Mr. Z, <laughs> and uh, he would definitely lay eyes on Jenna Ortega. So, oh man, she is. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Wednesday or not, but when she did, uh, she, you know, Tim Burton was uh, produced, directed, whatever, and they had to come up with this dance that she does, and she was part of this dance that her and Tim Burton created, and it is must see TV. That five minute dance she does is so unbelievably cool. I love her so much, uh, Jenna Ortega. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I, I do have one more question oh, that I'd like go to go right ahead. Z. Keep up with another one. And this is going to be a little bit of a twist. So, Mr. Z, I'm sure you've played Mary F. Kill with many different types of people. But I would like you to play Mary F. Kill with Netflix, Rotten Tomatoes, and the original Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I want? Well, the first one you always have to get out of the way is F, as far as I'm concerned. And kill. Uh, I think Rotten Tomatoes, if used properly, like by intelligent people, is fine. But I think you kill Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shoot. That means I have to marry or F, Willie, the original <laughs> Willy Wonka. What was the other one? Willy Wonka, Netflix. Rotten Tomatoes, and. Oh, you know what? I'm going to marry Netflix because Netflix as a movie service is garbage. But Netflix series, uh, like when we watched Alone, like I said, we recently watched Wednesday. We watched Stranger Things. I think I could live a long life with Netflix, even though they're a garbage company that's lost like billions of dollars and they don't care. But so I could marry that. Oh, so that means I would have to. Uh, yeah, it's got to be, I guess you just do a one-nighter with Willy Wonka and then send her home. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, well, so the way to Mr. Z's heart is to uh, to take him to Vegas, put on a Jenna Ortega movie, and go skinny dipping with him in a private pool. So there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Z, for joining. And we're going to we're gonna have you back. We're going to do some fun things yeah. with Mr. Z in the future. I would so. love to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the meantime, I think most people know where to find you on Twitter because you're at Mr. Z Movies. But do you have any other presence out there in the social media or is it Twitter only? Just Twitter. Uh, I haven't. I used to do a podcast with uh, Paul Fletcher, but I haven't done one for a long time. So um, we're, I'm thinking about doing something with my son when he's ready. But uh, no, just just me. Just out there grinding. Um, I just saw, well, I think I could say this is just saw Shaz- the new Shazam movie, as long as I don't talk about it. Saw that today. <laughs> um, so we're just grinding out, we're getting, uh, watching movies and, and trying to stay alive in the biz. Beautiful. Smitty, where can they find you at? 
pretty much also just on Twitter, but I do have the two accounts. We've got at Um Smitty and also at Power Trip Quotes on Twitter. And I like when you tweet from one accidentally meaning to tweet from the other. I've only <laughs> right, done it right. one time. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, and because I've nearly done the same thing. So you've nearly gotten a, a, a bets update from like the Power Trip Wiki account. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know that world. Um, and, uh, yeah, as far as me, yeah, Power Trip Bets on Twitter, PT Bets on Instagram. Um, I, you might actually want to follow me on Instagram because I, I, I think I do about one post a year, but I am vowing because I got, I upgraded my phone. I've got a much better camera now. So I'm vowing to take some, uh, cool pictures and video while we're out in Vegas. So PT Bets on Instagram if you want to follow along there. And so. unfortunately, I won't be able to go to Vegas again this year. Um, but someday, someday, and if you I ever can- go. If I ever go, I'm going to wear my shirt that says, welcome to Oz. Where's my helmet? <laughs> Perfect. And a, and a preview of something we might do with you in the future. All right. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. All right. Uh, good you, night, you got everybody. Some, you got some great movies to go watch. Uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you in two weeks right before Vegas. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye now.